Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Ahead on NFL Live, Dwayne Haskins made his NFL debut when the Redskins held rookie minicamp. Here, why Haskins says he's ready to start week one. And it was a game for the ages last night on the hard court. It ended with this picture. What are the most iconic images in NFL history? We'll show you our top picks. Look at there. There's Teddy B. I like that one. And we begin our long look back at the top ten games the 2018 season. We'll do it all week long. How they ended up uh, and what can they teach us going forward. Hello there. We're happy to have you with us. Happy Monday. Hope it was a great weekend. I'm Wendy Nix, Dan Graziano, Darren Woodson, Teddy Bruschi. Darren Woodson. Darren Woodson. A a notable show today. It's the Mm. day before the day because Darren (laughs) will leave us after 14 years starting uh, Wednesday, which means tomorrow's your last day. And Look at this. Hey, wow. Welcome. Us, the, that is the first show, show that yeah. Teddy and Darren did together. Ah. You look a little younger. I'm not going to. Just a, just, a, just a hair. I look Ma- a little mainly, younger. Mainly Teddy. Mainly yeah. Teddy. Oh, that's a bigger neck back there. Yeah. I know, man. I was, I, I was still a little. You were just coming off the field, so I you was. were still swole. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years together. All oh, right. Ten right. years. Yeah. So we'll right. spend the next two days uh, looking back uh, but, uh, over these, these last few years. 21 teams opened rookie minicamps last Friday, and that means we did get our first glimpses of Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins in their pro uniforms. Uh, Washington Redskins coach Jay Gruden declared an open competition at quarterback with first-round pick Dwayne Haskins, joining Case Keenum and Colt McCoy after an impressive start in rookie camp. Here's Haskins with our own Sal Palantonio. It was great. Um, I take this number with great pride and get respect. And uh, just to um, Theisman uh, giving me his blessing to wear, wear that number, I know it meant a lot for him and um, make sure I, I do right by wearing it. Your goal this year as a Washington Redskin, what is it? Um, my goal is to be the best best quarterback, best person, best leader that I can be for the team, um, whether that's uh, playing or learning from whoever's in front of me or um, you know whoever's on the team. I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to learn from the older guys, learn from the vets, and I'll take everything in, be a sponge, and I'll be ready for uh, game one. I, th- I was impressed. You know, I think... Uh, you know, really, you want to just see him throw the ball. You know, obviously, you want to teach him some things here and there from a, above the next standpoint. But I just want to see him throw it, and uh, that was the most impressive thing. That's why we drafted him to throw it. We'll teach him all the other stuff. He's got plenty of time to learn. Well, listen. Let's not just let it let it slide under the rug. There, mm. Haskins said, "Ready for a week one. It's a competition. We'll see." And clearly, he said all the right things, Darren. But it's a kid. He's a competitive kid. He wants to start. He certainly yeah. wants to show that teams were wrong and not making him the first quarterback off the board. But when do we see him start? Well, you still have Case Keenum, who they brought in uh, along to be that veteran presence. But it, it reminds me of when Tony Romo came in with the Dallas Cowboys years ago when his, he was an undrafted free agent. He came in with a confidence about himself and a swagger about himself, and he gets out there on the football field, and instantly he's the number one guy. I mean, instantly, as far as throwing the ball, the ball coming out of his hands, he's the best-looking quarterback out there. And if Haskins is that type of guy, if Haskins is a guy who's at practice and he's getting the ball out of his hands and the ball is, like Coach just said, the ball is coming off his hands and he's making good throws – you absolutely, as a veteran player, want him to be out there because you feel like he's going to give you that chance, even at a young age. Yeah, he's a big, strong quarterback. You can tell he's, they talk about his great fundamentals, how he throws the football. But so what, what does he have to show 
in order to be that week one starter because you know deep down in his mind that's what he wants to do. He wants to start for this team and compete. He has to show progress, and how he will show that directly on the, on the practice field is not be an air repeater. And what I mean by that is this. So say rookie minicamp, minicamps, say the OTAs or the mandatory minicamps, he shows a particular play, maybe a coverage, for example, defense shows uh, a disguise from cover two to cover three. In that example, he makes a wrong read and throws an interception. You take it to the meeting room and say, this is what happened here, Dwayne. You made a bad read, but the ball belongs here. Okay, so now taking the meeting room onto the practice field because they will show you the exact same play dressed up a little bit different and see if you make that same decision again. If you are able to make that read and understand, I made that mistake, don't make that mistake again, throw the ball, completion, move the chains, then the coaches start to think he's starting to get it. He understands that's the direct example of how he will start to show the players and the coaches he's accepting coaching and can be a starter. And once he does that, Dan, once he gets these players to buy in, and to Darren's point, they start to believe, I don't care what year he is, I don't care if he's a young quarterback, this guy is the one who gives us the best chance to win, then you're, then you're headed in the right direction, and, and, and he does take, make the start. Yeah, there's a lot that has to happen in Washington. You know, you have a coaching staff there that you know, isn't necessarily sure about its own future. They're going to be trying to win games early on, right? So they're not necessarily going to be about developing a quarterback in the season. So how much development can you do in one offseason? I think back to a, uh, an interview I did with Carson Wentz after his rookie year. And remember, the whole offseason he was the number three on the depth chart. Then yep. they traded Sam Bradford and promoted Wentz over Chase Daniel. Wentz said, you know, being the third stringer, he looked for opportunities to kind of show his teammates he could lead in little ways, right, in the locker room, on the practice field. So you want to see what Dwayne Haskins does in terms of that, readying himself to be a starter if he does, in fact, win that job and start week one. Just one more thing real quick. We've seen the great quarterbacks like Peyton Manning's, like Andrew Lux. You go out there, you throw 20-plus interceptions yeah. throughout your rookie season, but you see them get better. Put him out there week one. Let him learn as he goes. I know a lot of veterans will feel that way in terms of Dwayne Haskins and being the quarterback of the Redskins. Week one, no time like the present, says Teddy. Well, uh, that could certainly be the case in Arizona. Kyler Murray also made his practice debut, I should say. On Friday, the former Oklahoma quarterback suited up for the Cardinals. When his team held rookie minicamp over the weekend, the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray pairing already sparking confidence in the young quarterback. You know, I know the potential of this offense can be very dangerous, and it's up to us to, you know, you know, work at it and, um, you know, get great at it. Yeah, he's been born and bred to do this. I've said it all along, and, and that's his mentality. I mean, this is what he's always expected to do and be, and um, so he's kind of living, living it out right now. And it, it may affect other people, but it doesn't seem to affect him. You know, that's pretty, pretty comfortable. Surprisingly comfortable as far as you know, just uh, communication and stuff like that. You know, it's pretty similar, like I said. So uh, I think that's. I think that's helped me out a lot. All right, look, it's great to be comfortable day one. Why not? It certainly beats you alternative. You don't want to be uncomfortable. But day one, the operative phrase there, Teddy, a long way to go here. Let's, let's, let's keep in perspective what day one is for these rookies, too. You're throwing on air a lot. I mean, there isn't a lot of 11-on-11, if, if at all, type of drills. I mean, you're just out there throwing the football. And, of course, you look good. I can't wait to see this kid play. I'll yeah. tell you that right now because, I mean, it's going to be a highlight reel rookie year for this kid. But highlight reels last about a minute at most, all right? That's what it is on Instagram, about a minute, okay? <laughs> but in between those highlight reel, highlight reel clips, there's going to be plays where you're like, what in the world is this kid doing? 
I mean, yeah. and also plays like, did you just see what he just did? That's the type of rookie year I anticipate from a guy that they compared to Michael Vick. That's a better pocket passer than Michael Vick was, but still has the explosiveness and quickness of a Michael Vick. So running around, throwing across his body, all that type of exciting stuff, you're going to see. But, Darren, I mean, there are going to be also safeties out there saying thank you for the gift. They appreciate it. There are going to be some gifts out there. You, yeah. you know that. But you know, I've been watching that highlight reel, like you mentioned, that Instagram highlight reel for, since his sophomore year in high school. At Allen High, High School, School in Texas. He's just been this guy who's been explosive. He's known where to go with the football. His dad taught him at an early age how to read defenses. And you've seen throughout his career, even in high school and in college, the athleticism that allows him to buy time in the, in the pocket, which we all know the Arizona Cardinals are having problems protecting the quarterback, running the football with that offensive line. He's going to have to use his athleticism this year to be explosive and make plays down the field. It's a fascinating experiment. They hire a coach and they draft a quarterback specifically to run one type of offense yeah. that isn't necessarily one that's shown to be super successful over the years in the NFL. So we'll see if these guys can make it work. A lot of, a lot of pressure on that young man. Yeah. I like how you put interest, what you call it, interesting experiment. Yeah, okay. definitely. That, and that, that is I'm fact, interested. I'm like Well, Doug Baldwin called it a career. He did so in a series of tweets, and here's just one. Because the end of one journey sees the beginning of another, and guess what? It will be one hell of a journey. You will feel emotional and physical pain you never knew existed. You will fail over and over again, but don't worry. All of it will be the reason why you succeed. It's easy to forget now, but Baldwin went undrafted, still, though, became a Seahawks icon. He caught 49 touchdowns, which trails only Hall of Famer Steve Largent in franchise history. He was prolific from the slot where he caught 338 passes. Only Larry Fitzgerald has more slot receptions since Baldwin's debut in 2011. And he connected with Russell Wilson for 436 catches. That ranks fourth amongst duos since Wilson's rookie year in 2012. Those are some big shoes to fill. But the Seahawks tried via the draft. They took three wideouts including D.K. Metcalf in the second and Gary Jennings Jr. in the fourth. And then don't sleep on Hawaii's John Ursuhu, who led the FBS with 16 receiving touchdowns last year. Do they come close? Is there, you know, I, I, don't, I always hate to say, can you step in and, and fill these shoes? I'm not sure that's possible. But in terms of at least trying to maximize the production they'll miss, do they get close? No, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, you look at Doug Baldwin over the years. We know he's been an edgy personality. Angry he's been, Doug. Yeah, angry, angry Doug. Doug. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> he's feisty. He gets in your face. He never backs down. And they've lost a lot of that over the years. Richard Sherman gone. But this personality, not only is he the great personality in that locker room, but he's a guy who's the only wide receiver on that team that could win one-on-one coverage. Press man-to-man coverage. He found ways to create separation, win those battles on his own, especially in a slot. He was impossible to cover one-on-one in the slot, so you always had to adjust that way. I don't know if they – I don't see a guy on that, on that roster right now. Tyler Lockett's a go-to guy as far as going deep down the field. But to win within that 10-yard area, they don't have a guy – on that roster that's going to be like Doug Baldwin. I mean, and it's rare that your, your slot receiver or your receiver, one of the smaller guys on the field, set, sets your team tone, your offensive yeah. tone for toughness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy that, 
you know, felt felt it was an insult every time he got tackled. I mean, that that type <laughs> of mentality about you tackle guys and you get like, man, relax, right. or you shouldn't have tackled me. That type of attitude. So, I mean, Doug Baldwin, those shoes you talk about, it took him a little while to develop that stank in those shoes too about that leadership <laughs> and that attitude. You don't just come out the gate and like, yeah. I'm the leader now, right. I'm the tough yeah. guy. And the other thing about it is, a lot of those receptions are after the play has been complete. I mean, there's a play that's called in the huddle, and you run it, and then you look back there, the play's over, and then you look at Russell, and you all know what he's doing. He's running around like this, spinning like a top, because now he's making it the Russell Wilson play. So, th- so now the relationship, that takes a little while to develop, too. A lot of these young players will have to do that. Yeah. So they drafted three guys, yep. as, as we mentioned. DK Metcalf, the headliner, first one they drafted of those receivers. Uh, and he's a guy they like a lot. Obviously, the raw talent is there. There's no question about it. He's big and he's fast. Uh, but the Seahawks, are they really believe in the developmental aspect of their program. They would probably tell you that DK Metcalf is going to be better in year two and year three than he is in year one. And they're looking at guys that they already had on the roster to step up and fill the shoes of a Doug Baldwin. Someone like a David Moore, who they drafted in the seventh round in 2017, they feel like showed them something last year. Uh, they brought in Jermon Brown, uh, Jerron Brown mm-hmm. the wide receiver who used to be in Arizona. He had 14 catches last year. Five of them were touchdowns. So it, it's an interesting program. They'll throw everybody in the mix, and they'll see who emerges. And there's no better proof of that than Doug Baldwin, undrafted in 2011, and he went to camp and found himself a role, ended up catching 51 passes as a rookie. So the Seahawks believe that they will, out of this this stew of possible successors, find one, and it won't be the same kind of guy, and it might not be the same kind of player, but... They mix and they match, and they continue to contend year after year. They and have that's a history the thing, of that. Finding those guys that can fill those roles, but still there's like those moment players yes. like Doug yeah. was. Yes. I mean, in critical situations, playoff games on the line, championships on the line, there's certain you-gotta-have-it type of guys. Those guys don't just develop. It's either they have it inside or not. That's, yeah. way, that's to be seen. It's the Julian Edelman effect with, with this football team. And you mentioned it earlier. It's just it's that guy. In and he him, sets the tone when you in a lot of ways. It, when you got to have it on third and four, third and five, and he wins his one-on-one battle. They don't have that guy. I mean, Tyler Lockett can go deep and he'll make big plays for you, but to move the chains is that's where Doug where Baldwin really made his hay. You know, it's interesting if he's angry Doug in the NFL stage of his <laughs> life. I wonder what kind of Doug he'll be going forward because he's got a lot of life left. He's a young guy, and there's a there's a there's a lot to be said for what comes next. Well, as Trey Wingo said, the most Browns thing ever to snap the losing streak without winning. You know, because yeah, they did exactly. so with the tie, the and they, right. they finally you don't know, get baby big, steps. Baby right? steps. Yeah, right. we, we get the tie, we get the win. And I don't know who wasn't a Brown fan that night. No, yeah. you know, right. just, just, just hold, I guess grab Sam Darnold, baby. You know what I mean? Come on, guys, go ahead and get the win, finish it off, not the tie. It's time. No one deserves to lose for this long. So I think the entire NFL world was happy the Cleveland Browns. Well, you know what? I got out. a question for you because we picked that game on Thursday, right? Well, we that did. Thursday night game. Yeah, right? we did. Oh, you, we I did. like to go back and figure out who picked what. Who hmm. picked? Did someone else pick the Browns? Because I remember picking the Browns oh, that day. Dude, I did well, not believe so- in the Browns. I no, I didn't. That. That's right. I forgot since about that. Since it's the day that. before no. your last day, we'll let you take your victory lap. Last show, want to bring up That's right. Go memories now, huh? Listen. Okay. It feels, it feels good to be right. But what's funny is that now that seems almost silly, right? I mean, now the yeah. Browns have a fighting chance almost every time they take the field. It has been an entirely different team uh, since then. They've made some tremendous strides in the offseason. But, you know, are they, are they the, 
the, the sexy commodity we're all crowning just yet, Baker Mayfield specifically, Teddy? Well, what Darren's right is sort of my the way that I felt, I mean, as an analyst and a fan towards these Cleveland Browns, I didn't believe they could get it done that night all the way to where that last game against the Baltimore Ravens, I was picking them. Because I thought they had shown enough to where, yes, they can get this win. They can do great things. And, of course, then they let you down. But still, I see no reason why this team can't be a Final Four team in terms of playing playing on championship weekend. Can you win this division? It it absolutely is possible. Can, Can you go far in the playoffs? It is. My first championship the year before, you're 5-11. and 11. You get, Hopefully, there's a lot to figure out about these coaches, but hopefully you got good coaching, you get good players, and you, they got the good players. You need a little good fortune yeah. at times, too. Maybe a double clink off a goal post, you know, a field goal <laughs> kicker misses, misses, a, misses a kick. Here or there. Something like that. You need a little bit of that to break to break through, to get over the hump, it's possible they can have that. So having said that, then, I would, I would surmise you don't think we're making too much of Baker Mayfield. Do you? Absolutely Are we- not. I, I think there's hope. And, and, and how long have, has this team gone through this same situation over and over again of over the last few years? Like, you walk into games with the Cleveland Browns, you know we're not winning this football game. The right. players felt like they weren't winning the game, the fans. And now they, there's some hope to the fact that Baker Mayfield can take them to the promised land. Here's the step. Win. Your goal should be win the division. Right. Win the division. Don't worry about the Super Bowl. Win the division. Take care of the Ravens. Take care of the Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then take the next step. But right now, that team believes in Baker Mayfield, and they think he can win games for them. And that division's there. I mean, if they if they want it, it's there. Pittsburgh yeah. is losing, you know, one of its very best players, two of its very best players. Le'Veon Bell didn't play for him last year. And Baltimore's got a second-year quarterback that we're not 100% sure on yet, right? Yeah. So, so that opportunity is there. I think it's. I think the key is is hope, right? I mean, this is a team that won seven games last year, which doesn't sound like much, but it's seven more than they won the year right. before, yeah. and it's 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 a couple more than they won in the previous three years put together. So you have a, a situation where you have a team and a fan base that believes in something that it never would have imagined believing in a year ago, and that's why you know that game. Yes, it was the first win in a while, but the fact that it was Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like, if they had won that game with Tyrod Taylor, no offense to Tyrod Taylor, but everybody knew that Baker sure. Mayfield was going to be the quarterback of the future. The fact that he came in in relief and won that game kind of kick-started this hope because now it's like, oh, you can see it. You, this is what it's going to look like. And this is a hungry team. I, I want to yeah. step up. We just got done talking about, brash. We just got done about Doug Baldwin and him having that brash attitude. And that, you got Odell Beckham, who's a winner, who wants to win. Has, he, he and I would, and motivated. A lot, of have had a lot of losing seasons. And yeah, Odell Absolutely. Beckham has not. He's played in one playoff game. Jarvis Landry played no playoff yeah. game. I mean, they, they, they're you're well, right. Well, he's coming there's, from a place who labeled him a culture problem. I there's going to be a part of this wrong. season where all of that belief and all that hope from the outside fan base and from all of us is going to disappear. Mm. It's going to be when they're possibly one and two or they've mm, lost yeah. two in a row. Right there, that's the defining moment for me, how they bounce out of that. What's fascinating, though, is how far we've come. Just even having this discussion right now compared to a season ago when we were just talking about free beer. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. 
Well, listen, famous last words. You know, we thought they'd have to move up to get this guy. Nobody really thought at 15 they could stand pat and come away with Haskins. In fact, that's exactly what the Redskins do, and they take him 15th overall. They are preaching patience, but it did not start the early returns from generating some buzz around Redskins rookie minicamp over the weekend. Here's Sal Palantonio in Washington. With the 15th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins select Dwayne Haskins. I'm more motivated now than ever. Uh, it's a bigger chip on my shoulder. The lead done messed up. After just a few rookie minicamp practices here, it's pretty clear Dwayne Haskins is out to prove those four words. That the league, in fact, messed up when two quarterbacks were taken before him. My uh, NFL friends from Ohio State always says, it's not about what uh, pick you land, where you land. But putting on the number seven jersey that the legendary Joe Theismann wore, stepping into the spotlight like Doug Williams, quieting the critics like Mark Rippon, winning big in the big city is not going to be easy. The team's brain trust knows that. Washington, D.C. is a special town when it comes to who plays quarterback. From from the Sonny Jerkson days to the Billy Kilmer, Joe Theismann, myself. You know, when you play quarterback in this town, it's just something special. The president and speaker of the house, quarterback of the Washington Redskins, as you know, is the most scrutinized job in this town. There's no doubt about it. And that's why it's important that he understands that and engage this city and, and realize that uh, it takes more than just going out there playing the game. Patience is not going to be easy. You listen to Haskins, and it's clear he's itching to start week one. My goal is to be the best best quarterback, best person, best leader that I can be for the team. I'll take everything in, be a sponge, and I'll be ready for uh, game one. And the head coach, he's been sufficiently impressed. Kind of neat to have a quarterback here that you draft that high, and you come in here and you give him a set of plays and, and uh, go out there and work with him and watch him spin it. You know, it's just uh, been a treat. You know, I think he's made some throws that, you know, that turn your head without a doubt. He obviously displayed enough of a skill set to warrant uh, the 15th pick in the draft and to give him an opportunity to see how far he can take this thing without a doubt. Coaches do a great job uh, teaching me and uh, just me being able to be a quarterback and leader of my class and um, learning all I can to be ready for uh, OTAs and training camp. Uh, it's been a lot of responsibility, but you know, that's what I asked for. Well, regardless of whether he plays week one, you can expect Haskins to get on the field sooner Rather than later, since 2012, 21 quarterbacks have gone in the first round. All 21 started at some point during their rookie seasons with 15 starting at least 10 games. All right, so a little bit of a loaded question because I think it's inherent in the quarterback position in the NFL. There's pressure. Okay, this just in. Having said that, uh, who who among these rookie quarterbacks, Dan, and we'll go down the line, is under the most pressure in your opinion? I think it's Kyler Murray. I really do. I mean, I think that they're all very different situations, but this is a guy. They just they took a guy in the top ten last year and just traded him after they drafted him a year later. So lots of pressure there to prove them right. That's a, that's a major, major move they made. Uh, and I think, you know, that, that's, where, that's where the pressure lies on, on uh, Kyler Murray. They brought him in to plug specifically into that system. If it doesn't work, it's an organizational, system-wide failure that will be really hard to overcome. Yeah, that's, that's an easy answer for me, too. I'm going to go with Dan. I, I think it's Kyler Mar- Murray. I mean, you got the new coach. The new coach handpicks the quarterback. I don't think Kyler Murray is the number one overall pick if Cliff Kingsbury isn't the head coach there because that's the pairing that you want. You want to give a new head coach the best reason for him to have success, and that's Kyler Murray, the quarterback. Now, 
what they're saying about this kid when they make the Michael Vick comparisons and that he's a better pocket passer, better, mm. better accuracy, and a better arm than Michael Vick, that's a lot of pressure that everyone's listening to with Kyler Murray. So to see him succeed from the jump, a lot of people want to see. Yeah, and I, and I feel like the same. I, I think Ty, Kyler Murray probably has the most pressure, but I'm going to go off and talk about the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins as well. I think Dwayne Haskins is a guy, and I know we're looking at Kyler Murray here, but we look at Dwayne Haskins and what he's about. I mean, he's a hometown kid. He played his high school ball in the Maryland area. He's going to have a lot of fans and a lot of friends who are going to be out there watching him. And he's the same kid that said the league done messed, done messed <laughs> up. He did say that. So he did. I, there's a chip on his shoulder, and, and he's coming into a, a situation where the Redskins fans are looking for their guy. They're looking for not the Case Keenum's, not the bridge quarterback. They're looking for the longevity of a franchise quarterback, and he fits the mold. And I think he's going to have some pressure on him as well. So he is. when he says the league messed up, what he's referring to, of course, we expected Kyler Murray, okay, at least yeah. as we got close to the draft anyway. We knew that would probably be the first quarterback off the board. But then there was Daniel Jones, yeah. another quarterback who goes to the Giants at six. Look, it's a different kind of pressure, maybe because nobody really thought this was a wise decision, Teddy, but how much pressure is this kid under just to prove he belongs and can play quarterback in the NFL for the Giants? Well, I think the pressure is going to come if he eventually gets on the field and he doesn't have immediate success because that's what everyone in New York will expect to fe- expect to see after that sixth overall pick. Eli Manning has to struggle, though. I mean, this can provide Eli Manning with motivation and Daniel Jones can just sit back and say, yeah, Eli's got it this whole time and I'm here to develop. In a perfect world, that's what the New York Giants want. But if the New York Giants lose two in a row and then he all of a sudden just has to play, I think he could be the most pressurized in the most pressurized situation in the NFL. He's going to wow. have to play. Yeah, he's going yeah. yeah. to have to play. And I, play when? And I, I think it's going to be early because I, don't, yeah. I still they, don't feel like – you think like, Daniel Jones we, has to play early? Because we're, we've watched the same story with Eli Manning and the New York Giants. They, they're and they so committed gotten, to that story. And they story have not gotten there. any better as yeah, far as skill positions. They have the number six pick on well, the team. Well, fair enough. Right? I, I just feel like there, there's so much more in the, into this situation because I just don't feel like Eli, they're, they're going to lose their first couple of games, more than likely, yeah. and then da- everyone's going to want to see Daniel Jones, and you know how this media reacts yeah. there. So the pressure on Daniel Jones is long-term, right? I mean, if he, if he gets thrown in there week three because they're losing – you know, the fans are kind of wanting to see what comes after Eli. I don't think Giants fans are really expecting this to be a big year. So how does the transition go? Does he, does he perform in a way that reminds you of Eli? Does, it, does he show himself to be the franchise guy? He's got to live up to Eli Manning. Fifteen years. Never missed a game except for one time when they benched him uh, and, uh, you know, for Geno Smith for some silly reason. And won two Super Bowls. That's a lot to live up to yeah. as a franchise quarterback. When your franchise defines franchise quarterback that way, that is a lot of pressure. He's also got to be better than Dwayne Haskins. Or yeah. else Giants fans will right. say, well, we could that, have had that Dwayne Haskins. Why didn't we? Yeah. So I think the pressure on Daniel Jones is long term. Uh, and I think that's how the Giants view his career. They would love to keep him off the field this year. But as Darren points out, that's not usually how it works. Easier Eli, said than done. Yeah, Eli Manning. You're right, without Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Okay. How, how's that offense going to go? You can only lean on Saquon for so much, and you can do def- things defensively to take a running back out of the game where you have to win those one-on-ones outside and the quarterback is going to have to throw it out there. 
You may be right. Daniel Jones may have you to sh- he may yeah. have show up early. Well, I continue to say I think for different reasons, not all positive, the Giants to me are one of the more intriguing teams to watch, especially how they get out of the gate in September because they, they could struggle early and then we'll see. J.J. Watt was back in Madison this weekend. He spoke at Wisconsin's commencement. He became the 11th overall pick after just two seasons at Wisconsin. And at the time, our own Todd McShay had some interesting thoughts on Watt, the college prospect. J.J. Watt just tore apart offenses in the Big Ten this year. He had 36 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. And you watch him on tape, and he does just about everything right. You're going to see here, standing up the offensive tackle. Look at the arm strength and then the awareness to find the quarterback, shred that offensive tackle, and then get back to make the sack. I think he comes off the board somewhere between number nine with Dallas and number 17, the New England Patriots. Well, some wise words from our McShay. We want to give credit where it's due, and, of course, he, he got that one right. Listen, first of all, good job by J.J. Watt. It was a great mm-hmm. job, a, great, a job well done with his commencement speech. But, Teddy, you tell you always take things a little, little further, right? A little deep dive yeah, here. Yeah, so, I mean, J.J. Watt sort of talking to the Wisconsin graduating class. He's talking about life. All right, take us but through it. football relates to life. And I can say, I sort of argue that J.J. was talking about himself on the football field. If we give some, we show some <laughs> clips here of J.J. Watt and his commencement address, you'll see what I'm talking about. Talk to us, J.J. When you figure your dream out, remember, it will not be a straight path. Stay committed. Let's stay committed. Sometimes it's not always a straight path, Wendy. Wendy, the straight path to the quarterback right there is not achievable right here. As you see, he'll try the power rush, but here comes the double team. What's he saying, D? Stay Stay committed. Stay committed. Find another way to get there. Get the sack. Give us some more knowledge, JJ. Remember that there will be dark days. You will go through difficult times, but they are learning opportunities. They're growing opportunities. You can come out on the other side better than you went in. Woo, dark times don't last. You know that right now. And this guy has been a warrior, Darren. Look at him. We got the blood. We got the broken nose. So many injuries, leg injuries, elbow injuries, elbow braces, bloody noses, everything. But dark times don't last. You got any more messages for us, JJ? Never lose sight of what it is you want to accomplish. Don't be afraid to ask for help along the way. And don't be afraid to help others along their path. Ooh, that's knowledge right there. Never <laughs> lose sight. No matter what they do to you, these dirty offensive linemen, whether they take off your helmet, no matter what it is, never lose sight. Look at that right there. He can't see anything. But he doesn't lose sight. He works it, gets to the quarterback. J.J. Watt. Never loses sight on what he wants, and that's being one of the best defensive players in the National Football League. Teddy, I love your passion. I wish we could put that that's in a mono. That's a mini tape off right now. You know what? That tape off into that. You had to sneak a tape off into that. Not only that, right? He, he had to sneak a dirty offensive line. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure, it's on him. Right? All right. Take that, Jeff Saturday. Take that, Jeff Saturday. All right, listen. Here we go. What? Not the only player making the rounds at commencement. How about this? I love this story. Julian Edelman graduated from Kent State 10 years after he began his pro career. He told his mama he would. His position switch to receiver has worked out just fine. Quentin Williams picked up his Jets helmet when New York opened up rookie minicamp last Friday. The early results are in the Jets so far, calling it a perfect fit. Here's Quentin Williams and his first impression. 
you got you got you got all the quarterbacks too much like Tom Brady, like all the quarterbacks. But like, I don't know. I just want to get a sack. Like, I just want to get one sack. So when that one sack start, like, I just want to get multiple sacks. So whatever quarterback, I'm gonna just go out there and try to sack every last quarterback. It's crazy because Tom Brady started playing in the NFL before I was born. So it's like. <laughs> Like, get to sack him would be amazing. But, like, get to sack any quarterback would be Just get to sack. Just to be in the NFL is amazing to me. So, just to get a tackle in the NFL, tackle for loss, just to play a down. Like, it's just a dream come true to me that I get to play this on a high level. Listen, I love this kid. I love yeah. his expression, his yeah. smile, his enthusiasm. But it sort of belies how mean he is when he gets between the lines. I mean, he's not soft. Yeah, it, it and, almost and he'll con- come for you. It almost confuses you to it, the point where are you, are you so nice that can you get out there and be aggressive? And yeah. he, but he, the answer he is showed, yes. There's a switch. Plenty there's, of that. There is a yes. switch somewhere in there. Well, yes. and, and you yes. know, it's not hyperbole when he talks about Tom Brady. I was just being born when yeah. Tom Brady <laughs> right. he was yeah. playing. So I'd love I like the guy who just get one sack. He wants to sack all of them. Get one, then get two. Didn't but, get three, but the pressure that's on him, because when, oh, when you yeah. bring up an Aaron Donald comparison to a young man like this, these Aaron Donald. Which is unfair. Hey, they don't grow on trees yeah. now. No, Come they on. don't. Yeah, Come on. He, let's, just, let's just hope for how many sacks you think? Okay. Six. Uh, Start with six, one. Six, six, six tops. Max. Six. Think so? Yes. All right. Well, we Max. talked about the Browns just win the division. I'll we'll give like Quinn Williams just You're get one sack. I'm positive In now. this rookie year? I learned, from, I learned from what I did with the Browns last oh, yeah. year. So you're yeah. positive. Yeah. He's not going yeah. conservative anymore. Yes. All right. Well, in that case, then, let's do this. Okay. Maybe he's in your top five. These are the most – what we anticipate to most the impactful rookies on the defensive side of the ball. Teddy, you going okay, to go, go five to one? Five to one. Okay. And I'm going to start with Wilkins here that got drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to do that because of how versatile he was at Clemson. And I know Brian Flores, who's going to run that defense, and he's going to have the two-gap. He's going to have to line up over the nose, the three technique all over the place. He'll have to penetrate at times. He'll, maybe he'll have to drop back in the hole in, the, in, in coverage sometimes. So this guy has the ability to do all that and be versatile. That's what Brian Flores loves about him. All right, number four. Number four, I'm going to go with this kid here, Ed Oliver and the Buffalo Bills. Listen, I've been watching this kid at the University of Houston for years. His freshman year, he came in as a dominant force in the collegiate level. But it was a guy that was versatile. You talk about Wilkins being versatile. Ed Oliver can move all the way across the line from the inside to the outside. I think this kid's going to have a huge year, a huge rookie year with the Buffalo Bills. Like, really excited to see him too, Darren, because, I mean, in college, it was, what are you doing with him? Yes. You know, you got him at zero technique, you got him at different places, let him line up somewhere, get on the shoulder of an offensive lineman, let him explode upfield. I can't wait. They'll be utilizing him properly in Buffalo. All right, numero three. Okay, can't go along without bringing a linebacker into this. So of course. Going Devin oh, White. I'm so surprised. Devin White right there that goes to the Bucks. Quan Alexander, of course, goes across country to the San Francisco 49ers, and they need a linebacker like White. Love watching oh. this guy at LSU. I mean, great blitzer up the middle, but also, I mean, the speed that he showed at the combine, 4-3-4-4 speed, this type of guy to be an every-down backer that can displace and cover you know, you, you just when you have a guy that can play every single down, you don't have to sub him oh, off the field at the linebacker position yeah. with that size. It's a plus for any defense. Top two. So this means, the, again, the most impactful rookies on defense. We got our boy Quentin out there. I'm, well, I'm, go- I'm, oh, That's where okay. I'm going to. The I did happy not know. Guy, Mr. Happy himself. <laughs> he met Le'Veon Bell. He's <laughs> he so excited. <laughs> and listen, I, I think this kid, is, you know, we talk about maybe six sacks this year, but the disruptive, being disruptive in the running game, 
getting to that second level, being a guy that collapses the pocket. And what do they need to do when they play the te- a team like the New England Patriots and Tom Brady? Get him off his spot, put pressure in his face. Quentin Williams is a kid that in the next three or four years, you'll continue to see him grow as a football player. It's a right, broken TV. record. Up the middle pressure on Tom yeah. Brady. It's, it's Jets true. Jets are hoping he yeah. can get it. All right, okay. Num- okay, number one, I mean, we waited, but it's it's obvious because of the player that he's been in the past. I know he's had his injuries, and hopefully he can stay healthy for the 49ers. But Nick Bosa, in terms of a defensive end, that can just do it all. So many adjectives have been used to describe this player. Some thought he was the best player in the draft. So he's there with a lot of first-round picks with, with the Forrest Buckner, those type of guys over there. They bring they bring over the Kansas City rusher and D. Ford. He has every opportunity to be successful there, mm. and he should be very productive. That he this is should be a double-digit sack defensive rookie of the year candidate. It should be. They right hope there. so because remember now the 49ers ranked 23rd in sack rate last season, but they add they add Bosa, but they also add D, D Ford, Ford yeah. As, yeah. As, ed, as another edge rusher. So I you know Oof. that those numbers should improve. Well, listen, in case you missed it and, and you haven't seen it, being replayed a thousand Absolutely. times today, Kawhi Leonard, the oh. buzzer beater, game seven oh. against the Sixers. It was tied at 90. Ball, ball bounced four times. Bounce, 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 and it dropped in. And it left us with this. How about this picture? Okay, we're going to start the uh, social, social media oh, here craze. We go. Social oh, media craze. They're going to recreate this. Is that what this so, be? careful. Oh, wow. Uh, Teddy, you went, How do you get down like that? <laughs> <laughs> you can sit down like that? Yeah. I've mean, been doing yoga. Yeah. Derek couldn't beat Kawhi because he can't get down not, like that. His knees will not allow it, okay? So he only had one option for Kawhi. to do that. All right, that got us thinking. The most iconic photos in NFL history. And we'll start with this. Oh, what a great. Two words. Mm. Teddy, The catch. The catch. I was born in San Francisco, California, grew up a Cowboys fan, and I watched this in San Francisco. It broke my heart. It initiated people running out in the streets, oh, celebrating. Yeah. This was so big for the city of San Francisco when Dwight Clark did this. Moment that'll always be remembered throughout NFL history. The catch, Joe Montana. I think Two Tall Jones was in his face right yeah. there. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Cowboys still had a chance to win the game. Yeah, they did. At the end of the game, uh-huh. they did. a chance. All right, how about the unforgettable image, Graz, of Joe Namath? Well, with I mean, the- not only unforgettable, but significant, right? I mean, yeah. this game established the yeah. modern NFL, right? The AFL beating the NFL in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is only three years old at that point. Namath guaranteed the victory. I mean, this is he's, he's pointing, right, he's pointing toward the future. The NFL, onward NFL, with yeah. AFL and NFL together. It's, it's uh, yes. I don't think people necessarily appreciate how historic that game was. You're well, I like historic. that. Pointing toward the future. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Did you come up that up? AFL, yeah. NFL. See what you did. Yeah. Someone's a writer. Yeah, a uh, Darren, John Elway left us got? with mm. this. Yeah, and, and I remember the effort. I mean, just to get – he, he had to get it. He had to get it, you know, get that yardage. And this just speaks to who John Elway was and how important this game was to this team. I mean, your quarterback goes up and does a helicopter – to get the first down and get to uh, look to at that, that expression. Goal. I love his face. Like, oh, right this here. is gonna hurt. <laughs> this you know, is gonna hurt. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Mark always talks about this play. Mark Clara said he missed his he missed his block on this play. Yeah, it was oh, no. like a lot of people missed it. Four grapples. He's like, come on, man, really? I gotta do that too. All right, Teddy. Kevin Dyson, though, a little bit later, he comes up. 
little oh. bit short. Yeah, this just shows oh, how man. football can. I mean, it's it's a tackle here, it's a tackle there. But Mike Jones, Mike Jones, this is it. Mike Jones. It's called the tackle, not the stretch. <laughs> the tackle that Mike Jones made because left arm across the body, the strength. Dyson was giving it everything he had to get in the end zone. Uh, that was a play, man. That's defense that's right there. That's one on the best tackle to win the Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl. All right, Teddy, I, I'm just going to apologize. Yeah, this is okay. a shame. This, just to yeah, step away. Take, a, take a minute. Where are you going? Step away. Where are you going? Yeah, he doesn't need to watch us. He's seen it. They had him sacked, right? Was that? Am I wrong about that? They were following Did you guys have him sacked? He was in sacked. the grass. He was in the, in the grass. grass. In the grass. Got to bring him down, TB. <laughs> but Manning escapes, and David Tyree oh. catches the ball I on his that. head. Yeah. Uh, a couple oh. notes. This is the last catch David Tyree ever made in the NFL. He did not catch another oh. NFL. He got hurt in training camp the following year. Uh, so this is his legacy. And and the result of this game, if I'm not mistaken, was that the Giants. Uh, beat a Patriots team that had not yet lost in that season. Is that correct? Is anybody? Is anybody <laughs> that's true. Uh, apparently, that's true. That's true. If you go back and the, look, maybe the big is the biggest upset in league history. I mean, right, considering well, it's way on up there. Uh, go ahead, right? Dan. Go ahead. Wasn't throw the Wait, Dodgers he, in there. Not, from, no, from that point on, from that know? point on, the word said. perfect to me is cursed. Oh, it is. It just hurts every time I hear the word perfect, perfection. Oh, so you don't want to say Teddy, you're perfect. He know, I'm no. not telling him he doesn't know. No, just, just one more dagger. Perfect to me means 18 and 1. <laughs> He's not mad at me. Yeah. Okay. You're trying to stir it out. You're, you're leaving. Ouch. You can just stir it out. Come on, man. But we got to work together. Yeah, all right. Well, look, another good job. Oh, and I think that was this was against out. your Cowboys. I was there that night. Okay, you could get a little more, too. What it looked like, it looked like interference, and a flag was thrown. There was interference on the play. But yeah, how do you? I mean, how do you catch it? Listen, I thought they, I thought Brandon Carr had perfect. But it, it's hard. You can't threw, defend that. They threw the flag. Yeah, there yeah, you go. But you can't. You can't defend that. That oh. that is just, you know, great offense. And oh. this and this is one of the best. This put Odell Beckham on the map yes. as far as the big catches are concerned. Is it is it is it the best catch you've seen? Darren in the when NFL, make too much about it. I was sitting there watching that at home, and when I saw that catch, I said, that's the best catch I've ever There we go. Yeah, in terms ever of like, what the athletic before. accomplishment, yes. right? I mean, these other catches in Super Bowls, right? The Edelman one right off the turf that yep. we yeah. just talked about that we don't want to talk about anymore. But that was, I mean, Odell. <laughs> that's a deep ball. That's right. a nine route. He's running yeah. a nine route. Mm-hmm. And just the, the fact of tracking that football to just the body and then grab it with one He's hand. He's not supposed that's, to catch it. They're no. trying to get the interference exactly. call there, no. and that actually worked. But, yeah, he, he topped it. But we've been watching him do that in practice. Like well, he, he's I, you been know, doing all these, all these one-hand yeah, catches wasn't. in practice and catching it and throwing it, catching him with one hand and then catching with the other hand while he still had the ball. So hey, this is when everybody got to see what you're watching every day. All right, we got one more. Okay, good. That's because, good. listen, it's, it's not a, fair to just talk Tyree. Yeah. How about Oh, 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 oh we bring it full circle. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. That is a great picture. I was at this one. Is that a face mask? That's good. Is that not a face mask? Look at that number three. I look, now he's got three marathon medals, too. You club him. Then you grab. That's a face mask. Look at the hand. Teddy. It's old school, Darren. And that, yeah, that's, that's just tough, Darren. Back then it was not. Yeah, Some, back then you could do anything you wanted. Yeah. Well, I changed it up a little bit now. Yeah, we worried about all that silly safety stuff. But yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All don't don't look back. Now they can review it. All right. Three. Yeah, Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely <laughs> done. Sounds like fun. It's interesting. I like the way, though, Andrew Luck defended that. I mean, I think he's right. That became who this team was. Uh, let's look ahead, though. That was then. This is now. When you look at the quarterbacks in this division, Teddy, who's got the most? Is it the most to prove? Who's under the most pressure? 
Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of – I'm still wondering who Marcus Mariota is as a quarterback uh, over there in, in Tennessee, but I'm, I'm very anxious and excited to see what Nick Foles is going to do in Jacksonville because that team, it seems like they've been searching for that quarterback for so long. I mean, just give me a guy that de- – because the defense – Okay, I don't want to cut. I didn't. Well, no. People made comparisons to no. them to great defenses of the past. It turns out that they weren't. It turns out they were always looking to see offense. Can we get a little help? And they never got a little help. And I think this breathes more life into them that we feel like we have a quarterback now that's capable and can com- convert with his arm, not his legs, with his arm, with, with a third and five, a third and six. So I think there's a lot of hope in Jacksonville and what that team can do. So let me ask you this. With Foles at quarterback, I'm still asking about the defense. Is it – the exception or the rule, which one? The last two seasons are totally different. Which one's that real Jacksonville defense? You'd be amazed to how good a defense can be when they're on the field less. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. maybe they have a lead, and then they can rush the passer. And you but, go the ahead one, and- but the one thing you and I both watched, and we broke down Jacksonville's defense last year, What's the one thing we saw about this Jacksonville's defense? What did they end up doing? At times they quit. They quit. Ooh, and that's, that's the part. That's tough words. That's the part of me that and you know the talent level that they have across the board from the front from the defensive line, the linebackers, into the secondary. That's a talented personnel. That team is very talented. And they quit during games. They quit against the Tennessee Titans and, and let allow the Titans to march up and down the field. And that's what they have to earn that respect back from me. It's hard to – I've always been on the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And both of – you and I have always talked about that talent, how great they are. Right. But to watch them quit last year just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It's one me. of the most disappointing things in the NFL last year for yeah. us as former defensive players to see a unit that still should have the ability and want to and desire and pride to want to carry yeah. an offense, but still – they had enough and was like, we just can't get this And to anymore. come in with such high expectations, yeah. remember? I mean, they yes. were sort of the pick for a lot of folks last year because of that defense. Uh, we referenced Mariota yes. before. What will we – it is a pivotal it's year huge. for him for all kinds of reasons. What will we see? I think Mariota is under as much pressure as any quarterback in the entire league. They have they've picked up the 2020 option on him for about $23 million, but that's only guaranteed against injury. So if he has a poor season and comes through it healthy, they could move on from Marcus Mariota after this year. It's a coaching staff that was not there when he was drafted. And look, this is a guy, he's been 9-7 and seven, three years in a row. There's all kinds of arguments to be made about how much help they have or haven't given him. They went out and made an investment in the wide receiver position this offseason with Adam Humphreys. They draft A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf's teammate from, from Mississippi. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they think that that should, that should help him show them you know, what he can be as a former number two draft pick, a guy who can elevate a team. That's what he hasn't been yet. He's been okay. He's been fine, and he's been in, in parts spectacular, but he hasn't been able to elevate the team over a consistent period of time. And you're making a long-term decision on him, as the Tennessee Titans will be next year, unless they give him an extension now, which I don't think they will, uh, then they have, they have to see that you can lift and elevate and carry that team. That's what they want to see from him. You know what's interesting to me? We do this thing sometimes, panic or patience, right? We pull out the panic button. And we did this this time last year with these quarterbacks, with Mm. a lot of these quarterbacks. And I think everybody here or everybody who was here pressed panic when we talked about Andrew Luck because there were so many questions. Oh, and seen him, right? And and it was understandable. And now it would be unanimous to the contrary because there's no concern about Andrew Luck. So what a difference. Does he make the Colts the favorite in that division? Uh, he can. Yes, I think he's, he absolutely has a chance to be even the NFL MVP conversation, which a lot of them talked about him being a dark horse for last year with everything that he did. But 
mean, with that offensive line and how yeah. they structured it and, and big Q there at the left guard, the way that he's playing, and that's a young offensive line too. Andrew Luck is in position to have a career year, absolutely, and he can make them the favorites to win that division. I think they're the most well-rounded team in the division, honestly. Yeah. You saw them with a the slow start last year. They even had against the Houston Texans and, and right going forward. I think that built momentum. They lost that game, but that built a lot of momentum within that locker room to believe in their head coach. And he understands the toughness of this football team. This is not just about Andrew Luck anymore. Mm -hmm. This is about that offensive line that can create holes. They have a running game now. And now you take a lot of the pressure off of Andrew Luck to have to carry and win each and every game. I think this is the toughest team in the division. Listen, he was my bold prediction for MVP because we haven't had a comeback player of the year MVP back to back. (laughs) Same guy. My, could happen.